Welcome to the WDW for Families podcast, a show dedicated to helping you plan your family's vacation to Walt Disney World. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's show. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, where we're going to have a exciting podcast now that we hopefully have some of our uh, recording difficulties behind us. Uh, we've had a hard time getting started, but we're going to soldier through and have a, uh, a great evening of podcasting. Rusty is here. I'm here. Yes, Rusty's here, and we have a special guest tonight, one of our favorite podcasters from one of our favorite podcasts, Mr. Dutch Lombrowski from the Mighty Meta Mouse is here. Hi, Todd. How are you doing tonight? Oh, we're, we're fabulous. Fabulous. If you discount the last 30 minutes of trying to work this out, I'm doing fabulous. Yes. Little by little, one travels far, right? <laughs> yes. Well, Dutch, I, we are going to talk uh, in the in the vernacular of our show, obviously, in the uh, WDW for Families vein, and we are going to tonight update a lot of the uh, of the of the new changes that might affect families' vacations. But first. If someone, you know, you guys are one of my favorite podcasts, and 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 I I don't say that lightly. I listen to maybe two or three Disney so. podcast tops, and, and congratulations on your award, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. And uh, but uh, tell somebody who doesn't know about your show a little bit about your show. Well, it's it's really quite simple because it's just me and two buddies talking Disney World. Uh, it's my buddies Russ and uh, Kip. And we uh, we release a show each and every Thursday, and we do a lot of different things. Um, we do a lot of like value analysis: is something worth it or not? Uh, but we dig dig deep on that type of stuff. Uh, we also play a lot of games. Um, so we've had games where we uh, pretended to be general manage. Each of us have taken turns being general managers for each of the parks and tried to make a deal uh, to you know, trade attractions and uh, restaurants and all that stuff. Um, so games like that, um, and then we've done other fun things too, like we. We've actually done drafts where we've had listeners take part, um, and you know some of them have been uh, smaller. We've had I think like ten folks do one uh, that was just in one single evening. But then we did a huge one that was twenty-two teams over like I, th- I think it was like two and a half months, and people were drafting attractions, restaurants, hotels, um, and they could draft basically anything from all from all of Disney uh, Disney World time. So we do a lot of, a lot of fun things like that. Um, but at the core of it is just uh, three buddies. Uh, talking Disney World, and, uh, and, and you know, I think one of the fun things we do is just like get you know, listener involvement and get folks involved, and it's just it's just a fun fun place to talk about our uh, favorite hobby. Yeah, you guys come at it from a very different angle than we do, obviously, because we're just we just pretty much focus on families and people planning vacations. You guys are what I would do, what Rusty and I do after every show. We sit around and talk about that kind of stuff. And so, but you guys are doing it on your podcast. It's really fun for me to listen to. I really enjoy it. So, oh, thanks, Todd. I really appreciate. It. And I appreciate what you guys do. Well, you know, uh, a lot of shows start out without a mission statement. And what I like about WDW for Families is that when you're talking about, uh, you know, the Alani trip uh, a couple episodes back, or uh, news, it's so the, the center, the lodestar is always families and you know what a family vacation looks like and planning and helping folks with that and a lot of shows are just kind of like oh generic we're going to talk about how much we like splash mountain i like that you guys are um you know you basically have a center you have a core for what your show is about and you know i appreciate that you guys have stuck to it and you've stuck to it for years now so. yeah well thank you it's it's been a labor of love we appreciate it all right hey uh let's just talk about this uh dutch you guys actually your last show you guys talked about a lot of this 
and uh, it was a really good show. But but what we're going to do is talk about it in terms of families, and there's a lot of changes going on in the world this week. As uh, and but by the world, I mean Disney, of course, that were announced at D23. I think we knew or kind of quote unquote knew a lot of this was coming, um, but we didn't have specifics. Mm-hmm. So we we got some specifics this week. Of all the things that 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 were talked about, what was your favorite, or what's the one you're most excited about? Going all the way back, even to the the announcements about Animal Kingdom, what is the one thing you're the most excited about as a Disney vacationer, Dutch? I, I Star Wars, Star Wars for me. Uh, in, even though it's a long time away, just I grew up as a Star Wars fan. I, you know, I had the act, the Kenner action figures back in the eighties. Sure. I read, I read the books in the nineties, but you know, before the movies were released, I was reading the the Timothy Zahn books. I was playing the X Wing fighter game on the old my old Gateway two thousand computer. Um, yeah, I I love Star Wars, so I'm excited that there's uh, there's going to be a place to go walk and be in Star Wars. That that. And there's a lot to be excited about, but as a Star Wars fan, that really spoke to me. I was watching a YouTube video the other day of you. You remember the monster cereals? I, that's an odd question. I know. Do you guys remember those? Are you I like, don't. You no. know, Boo Berry, Frankenberry, yes. and oh, oh, monster. When you said, I thought you were talking cereals like stories. You're talking just like the like breakfast cereal. Yeah, the breakfast. Well, oh, yeah. I was watching an old commercial. And they were one of the first people to run Star Wars toys in their cereal boxes. And yesterday it reminded me that I had some of those because I was a first grader when Star Wars hit at the theaters. And that was such a it was such a huge deal. And I totally see where you're coming from, Dutch. This is exciting to me on a, a, a primal level. Because I'm, you know, I grew up with that Star Wars mythology as a part of my, you know, as a part of my life, you know. So I can see that. Rusty, what is, what are you looking forward to the most? It would have to be Avatar Land. I've been excited about it since they announced. What? <laughs> no. Looks right right now. No. Uh, I, probably in all seriousness, I, I, I'm not a Star Wars person. I, I didn't grow up uh, doing much of any of the sci-fi, but hearing them talk about how the cast members are going to be characters, basically. Like, as far as I, the impression I get is my waitress is going to be a character from Star Wars. The the food choices that, you know, they gave some hints that they're going to have the blue milk. They're going to have uh, kind of what I might see with the butterbeer of Harry Potter, but more, it sounds like they're going to really build around this. I think that's what I'm most excited about is the uh, experience of everyone being a character inside the movie. We're inside the land, but yeah. That's one of the things I'm excited about is just the fact that they're fine. It feels like they're going all in on the submersive stuff. You were talking about today, and I don't know if it was you, Dutch, on your podcast. You guys were talking about how Disney's got some of that mythology with some of their their places. They just don't exploit it. Does that make sense to you, what I just said? Yeah, yeah, anyone who listens to, say, uh, WDW Radio or... Uh, one way radio or any one of those, there are all these rich, rich backstories to all these places that we're in. But generally speaking, uh, the cast members don't share that with you. They're not playing characters within that world. Uh, what, what's happened with like Harry Potter stuff is that they, you know, the shops at Diagon Alley, the, the stories that the people working them live above them. 
Um, and that's exactly what it sounds like is coming to Star Wars. So it sounds like there's, there's the original Disney concept that Diagon Alley is building on, and Star Wars, uh, you know, and Disney's running the, the ball again with it the same way. Yeah, it's 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 like they've. Uh, it feels like to me that, and I, I think this is rather obvious to most people that that Harry Potter just kind of changed the game for them and made them kind of just kind of open their eyes again and say, oh yeah, this is this is what we can do. And we're Disney, and we can do it better than you. And and so we're going to go back to the drawing board and, and and do it. But let's just go through this, figure out what we think this is going to do. And uh, all right, so first the uh, Sunset Safari. Uh, your thoughts on the Sunset Safari when you heard about that Dutch? Well, it's it's wonderful because I, I I'm excited for it. It's something that it's actually you talk about things that have been rumored for a while. I think probably last nine months or so, uh, Radio Harambe and Safari Mike has been talking about uh, this exciting uh, opportunity just of uh, having things at night. Night creatures, specifically hyenas and African dogs, are coming in, and I, I'm really excited for that because basically what we're gonna have like Kilimanjaro Safari is gonna go from something you ride once to something you're going to want to ride twice because you're going to have the daytime animals and the nighttime animals. It's it's almost like a two-for-one. I'm really, really excited. I think Kilimanjaro Safaris is one of the best things in Disney World. So the idea of giving more of it, and it, it sounds like they're actually going to be expanding the track, and it's just going to be a larger ride in general. So it's it's something I'm really excited about. Do you think? Did you like it when they lost the story? I like having different perspectives on here. When they lost the story of the ride, what did you think? I'm not. I'm not as concerned about the story thing. I think the story really is just the animals and them living their lives on the safari, um, and I just think cast members are aren't as good at the you know conveying stories in that setting. You know, I'm thinking like Great Movie Ride and what the safari used to be. So I'm perfectly fine with it. You know, as it is currently and is what it's growing yep. into. Okay. What about you, Rusty? Story, real quick. Yeah, I was glad they dropped it, but I think we're unique because we've ridden the ride so many times. For those of us who have been there so many times it kind of got to be i don't know in some ways it's kind of jungle bookish or not jungle book but kind of uh the jungle cruise i guess we kind of i don't know once you hear it so many times you either have to really join in to the joke or you just become annoyed by the joke i'd become annoyed by it yeah yeah i agree so. i agree all right well let's go on and the other major announcement that we've kind of known for well we have known for a while about but we got some more specifics was about pandora uh, so if you're vacationing to Disney World, the two big changes at Animal Kingdom are going to be the Sunset Safari and then the, the, the Pandora World, basically. So uh, d- we've got a, uh, a soaring type ride and a boat ride. Is that correct? Is that what you guys understand we're getting? Yes. Yes, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. What, what excites you between those two? What What's going to be – do either of those catch your fancy? Not for me. Um I, I mean, I can ride a lot of boat rides at Disney. I can do soaring again. I mean, it would be fun, but I just still go back to what we've talked about on our show before. I I, I want to see Disney come up with something new. I, I want us to see something new ride technology. I want us to have a something unique to where when I go there, it's what soaring was when it first came to Epcot. It's, oh, wow, this is really neat. This is something different. I wish we had uh, something new that... Uh, would make me want to go there and i don't think a boat i mean i'm going to go of course but i mean but it's another boat ride and i know they're going to do it more elaborate and it's going to be another soaring and i'm sure it's going to be spectacular but i don't know i wanted something new i wanted different technology okay counterpoint dutch because i know you probably got the opposite opinion 
Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Because it, it's really not just the two rides, but you also have the entire environment. And it sounds like the, the environment, a lot like we're talking about with Star Wars maybe, and you know, and Diagon Alley and all that stuff, the environment's going to be a character in itself. Um, there was an article a couple of weeks back, uh, I can't remember what magazine it was with, but Joe Rohde was interviewed, and they talked about like when you enter this land, um, it, it's going to be in, interactive and immersive, and like crazy things are going to happen. Like, like there's going to be predators like stalking you and following you when you're walking through the park. And, you know, as someone who has a, um, a deep love for boat rides, I mean, I love boat rides um, almost as much as I love my children, and I love my children a lot. Uh, boat rides are amazing. So <laughs> give, me, give me a boat ride. I love boat rides, baby. And, um, <laughs> and in terms of Soren, it's, it, sounds like, it sounds like we're going to get that, the, uh, the flying theater, which sounds great. But it, it, like the, I, I, like the, I like the idea of uh, the banshee, you know, riding a, like having a personal banshee that you're riding on. We don't know how that's going to go and how that's going to look. And time will tell. But I think there's enough to be excited here with the package. And that mo- like the model they had at D23 just yes. looks fantastic. Fantastic. So I'm, I... I'm, I'm over the moon with this. And I was someone who was, I was not excited about Avatar at all. I thought, you know, the movie is like Blue Thundercats or whatever. I, it just, just didn't, <laughs> didn't speak to me at all. Um, you know, good enough movie. But uh, it sounds like they're really doing something with this land that's really interesting. Well, if they have a Panthor walk around, then I will be. Oh, that'd be awesome, huh? Hey, Chitara, I'll... Chitara. <laughs> <laughs> we may be two of about twenty people who know what we're talking about now. Hey, the uh, I will tell you this: the technology is what excites me, because if they're going to exploit technology within the area and not just the attractions, if you catch my drift, like you know the interactive stuff at uh, the pirate game at Disney or the mm-hmm. Sorcerers of the Ma- you know Magic Kingdom, if they incorporate stuff like that, like you're saying, predators hunting you. And, and you're not on attraction, you're just walking around an area, that's exciting to me. The mythology of Avatar does very little for me. I understand it's one of the highest grossing movies of all time, but I don't think, you know, my kids don't don't ask to rent Avatar. We don't, we don't go to Redbox looking for Avatar. My kids could watch Robin Hood a thousand times. I think that, that's the disconnect that they're going to have to make up with with the technology. You know, what I, what I would say is that you know, I my favorite ride in Disney World is either Pirates of the Caribbean or Splash Mountain. And you know, I didn't see the last Pirates movie, and I haven't seen Song of the South. I don't plan on seeing Song of the South. At the end of the day, if the attraction is good, if the land is good, that's all that matters. Um, in that the that's property be, property behind it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a very good right. point. And I think is they the land looks amazing, and I think if they can make it. I think if you can bring in some more interaction inside the land, I think about what they do at um, Alani with the iPads, kind of their version of the Pirates mm-hmm. thing. If they can do some technology things like this to where you can really spend more time in the park or, and really seeing what all is there, I think that will be a big win for them. Well, I think that's part of the magic of the Harry Potter, pardon the pun. Uh, the Harry Potter area is just the fact that there's like nooks and crannies Yes, and they have stuff that happens that you, like, if you're not paying attention, like the 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 goblin that looks out the window, if you're not watching at that exact moment every like five or six minutes or so, you wouldn't know it was there. So the attention to detail is 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 great, and I, hopefully they'll pull that off there. Okay, let's let's move on to possibly the least exciting news for some people. This might be exciting for some, but the return of the of the restaurant at the veranda area, which is going to be a Jungle Cruise Skipper Canteen restaurant. Rumor is it's going to be table service. Does that excite you for a family, uh, Rusty? I'm actually looking forward to this. 
Really? That's probably, yeah, someone, I'm not looking forward to Avatar Land, but I'm looking forward to the Skipper Cruise Canteen. <laughs> I, know that makes, I know that makes no sense whatsoever. It does not. Uh, I, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I, I love the idea that they have behind this. And I think there needs to be another table service restaurant over in that area. So, yeah. And, I, and I'm kind of, I like the cheesy Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise does it for me. Well, I, I've heard that it's going to be a table service at night and a counter service during the day, you know, like they do with uh, Be Our Guest. And either way, the Magic Kingdom needs better food. You know, the, the, the best sit-down restaurant is Be Our Guest. The best counter service, you think about what the best counter service is, uh, I think I think it probably is Sleepy Hollow uh, with their waffle sandwiches, right? Agreed. <laughs> um, the, um, so it's really tough there. So I'm excited about it. I, I love the I love the idea of the theme. If it's, um, it'd be, I think it's interesting if it's anything like Trader Sam's over at the Poly. Right. That'd be cool. And it's not just, it's not just this restaurant that we're getting. They're redoing the whole kitchen, and that's going to share a kitchen over there with the uh, Liberty Tree, uh, Liberty Tree Tavern. Uh, which is, if you know, if we get great food there, oh my goodness! I mean, that's basically, uh, you know, you're tri- doubling or trip whatever. I'm, I'm terrible at math. You're, you're drastically improving the number of good restaurants in the Magic Kingdom, and I think that's a great thing. Yes. Okay, time out here. You, you do not like the food at Liberty Tree. I'm not a turkey guy. Turkey's a dry meat to me. I, I like um, it, it. Just it just doesn't do it for me. Now the the uh, from everything I hear, the giant cookie, the what do they call the giant? I don't know what they call the giant cookie thing, but the the cookie skillet thing is supposed to be fantastic, and I want to try that. But I'm not a turkey guy. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but we do, we do you do have two fellow Sleepy Hollow fanatics here in yes. uh, you know we're big proponents. We argue with Randy uh, on that one all the time. If they would add an element to it, like the Adventurers Club. I would be all in on this. If you had, you know, talking uh, animals on the wall, like country bear jamborees, animals on the wall, or you had uh, an old explorer, you know, walking through the restaurant, that that would add fun to me. Anyways, I I think it could be good. We'll, we'll have to see more on that. Soaring around the world, we got news that Epcot was going to get updated with a new uh, film for Soren. Uh Thoughts on that, Dutch? I, I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> there's a theme here. I'm liking everything they're talking about. But um, the, the screen doesn't look great as it is now, or the projection doesn't look great as it is now. So right. we're going to get the updated projection. We're going to see a new movie, which new is always exciting. Um, so I, I'm just excited about that. And then the, there's the there, – if um, you know, I was there two times in the last two months, and seeing that uh, the crane's there and knowing that the third theater is going to come in, I think it's going to make a big difference with uh, capacity there. And it sounds like they're expecting a lot of capacity with all this frozen stuff um, coming in soon uh, next year. So, Yeah, and it, it, I, they really need that third theater. I mean, it's crazy how old, so, how long Soren has been there, and it still lines are up to 75 and 90 minutes some days. Uh, just, a cr- just a crazy thing. I, I, if they take the orange smell out, I think people are going to be hacked, though. <laughs> I would not be happy. I would not be happy. I love that. It, well, it, it's, it reminds you of Horizons, right? Oh, Horizons back in the day with the orange growth. So I need yeah. that. Yeah, and that, you know, if they take out Philhar Magic, that's the other smell. That that's the, anyways, we're big on smells. All right, so uh, Rusty, you didn't comment on the soaring around the world. Is I, that? I'm that, all in on it. I'm all in. It's it's going to be great. Yeah, they need to replace yeah. that. Screen. That screen is getting crazy. All right, now, so we get to one of the big ticket items that they talked about, or the big ticket areas, and I think this is the, we get to the two that are the biggest for families. I I think Toy Story Land could be um, could, could be the, the, the most iconic thing they do in this expansion. I mean, 
for for children of this generation, Toy Story is uh, it's maybe their mythology. I mean, it is you can't think of many films that are bigger for a you know 14 year old, 13 year old, 12 year old. So having Toy Story Land, and if it's as immersive as Cars Land, then they've got a real opportunity here. And what did you think? Okay, here's the question about this I want to ask you, Dutch. We were all hoping we were going to get Cars Land. And when they told us we were getting Andy's Backyard, quote unquote, what was your reaction to that? I was a little disappointed because I was hoping for the the full Cars Land or the the uh, radiator springs and doors or whatever it was. Uh, but when I looked at it in the Slinky Dog Coaster, if, if you look at the concept art, it really is neat looking. Uh, the Slinky Dog Coaster looks huge, um, yes. and so and so it, I don't want to jump ahead, jump the script too much here. But uh, I, I I'm disappointed that it's not radiator springs. Uh, we're not getting radiator springs, but I think what they have uh, and what they've outlined here does look very enticing. Okay, yes. And of all the Pixar properties, was this the right choice? I, I think it is. I think it is. I, I think it's the most accessible to the most amount of people. I think you have the biggest world because we're going to have three movies with the fourth one coming out. Um, so there's enough to pull in. Oh, plus all the shorts. The shorts are amazing. They're all on like Amazon, and they're definitely worth going out and watch. But I think there's, it's the biggest world for them to play in, and that if this is successful, that it offers the ability to expand outward. And that's been um, that's something like Jim Hill was talking about on the Disney Dish podcast was that just the um, that there's the chance from this to go into um, expand other parts of Pixar, um, you know, later on down the road. So I, I think it makes sense if you're going to have uh, three attractions that are core to build on. This this makes sense. Okay, Rusty, was this the right choice of all the Pixar properties? Yeah, I think this is the right one. Uh, I think I actually, I really like the idea behind it. I like the idea that you're going to be a toy in the backyard, so everything's going to be this huge toy land. You're going to kind of be inside it. You get to ride on the coaster. Um, I, I, I love everything about it. I just wish there was... I'm hoping they're going to put more in there than three rides. I don't know that it can... I just can imagine the waits are going to be two hours long. Uh, so I'm hoping to see more. Uh, I hope they're planning on putting something else in there. I, I just think three rides is not enough. Okay. I, Cars Land is just so amazing and so uh, incredible that if the, if the same minds that were behind that are, are you know in on this, then I don't... I think it's a layup. I think there's no way it's going to fail. How many attractions are in Cars Land? I think there are three. If you you've got the the bumper boat type ride, and then you've got the Mater kind of uh, you know round and round ride, which is excellent. An excellent. Yeah, ride. The, the the junkyard jamboree does look yeah. like a lot. I, I haven't been out there, but uh, Russ and Kip have been out there, and uh, they love it. And so like, I would say this: the the Radiator Spring sounds like it's this amazing place, especially like it's it's a like an attraction after you know as after the lights go off. So I I don't know that it's going to be that immersive but i think just it looks like a, it looks like they're planning to build a fun spot oh yeah 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 and they do have a lot they can build on if they want to add more stuff into it there's so much you can't add to this well and, yeah and you've got you, you've got a not only do you have the three movies that you can build on you've got the stories within the movies i mean you've right. got the air you've got you know lotso's place you've got uh uh, good night. I can't even think. You've got the toy store, Al's Toy Barn. You've got right. all this you can go to. And yeah, it, it, the more I'm talking about it, the more I, it excites me. 
Uh, well, maybe Pizza Planet, right? I mean, they, yes. they could move Pizza Planet from the other side of the park and bring it here. And oh my goodness, if we were to get a real Pizza Planet, that, uh, just imagine. And yes. the idea of an Alice toy bar. That, that, that's, what, that's why I think, just to get back to your question, you know, there, there's a big enough world in the, to- in the Toy Story world that there's enough to really enjoy. Um, and, you know, think of the meet and greet characters we're going to get with this. I'm, oh, yeah. re- I'm really excited about this. Yes. Yeah, that, and the characters are something near and dear to our heart, obviously. I uh, I was thinking there's really not another Pixar film that I would even consider this for. Maybe Monsters. Is there even another one that you would do this with? I not mean, other cars. than Cars. Not other than Cars, really. Yeah, it was uh, such great ideas. All right, so w- what we're getting there is we're getting the uh, Slinky Dog Coaster and the Alien Saucers Ride, which I think the have they given any details about the Alien Saucer Ride? Okay. Just, just that there, it's a trackless ride system. Yeah. So, um, it, I think it's going to be very, very similar to the uh, Junkyard Jamboree. And I've also heard, and I can't remember where what the sourcing is on this, but I remember reading or hearing something that it was going to involve a, the crane, but the right. Green Men thing. So, I, I, th- I think it's exciting, but it, no, it's it's a um, it's a flat ride, but it's, it sounds like an innovative one in the same vein right. as like uh, the Junkyard Jamboree. And it looks yep. like they're going to have two of these, maybe. Uh, just from the it's, art, it looked like there maybe there's going to be two identicals of what this is. It's like the dueling Dumbo type right. situation yes. where they have two but, things kind of going junk, at each other. At uh, the Junkyard Jamboree, it's, I think there's three or four different circles, and that you could end up on any one by the end of the ride. Okay. Or you could end up on a different one by the end of the ride, not any one. Anyways, a lot of what makes that fun is the uh, is the Larry the Cable Guy soundtrack, which is just hilarious to hear him singing all these songs. And Anyways, I, I, he's funny. Sometimes, and he's funny. <laughs> All right, so um, the we got that for families. I think that really is huge for families, and they're gonna love that. When does that get finished? Have we get have we been given a date on that? I don't think they released any dates on any of this, did they? Not a one, not a one. That's the that's the concerning thing. Yeah, and that's the problem if you're planning a vacation and you're sitting here going, okay, well, so you're telling me about all this stuff. Am I putting my vacation off? <laughs> you, right. You just can't play that game. With- My guess is we're going to see Toy Story within two years. But I'm thinking Star Wars, I'm thinking May 4 or more years out still. I Did they not? Fantasyland was done within five years. Isn't that right? From the time they announced it in 2009 to right. when, it, when it hit. The advantage of a lot of these, I think they've, I don't think there's anything there that I think they can do construction around the clock, possibly. I mean, I don't think there's something they're really worried about. Like when New Fantasyland, they really didn't want to do a lot of construction during park hours. But I I don't know that we're going to see that. And and then like when they did the mine train, they didn't do any construction during park hours. I mean, they didn't even bring, you know, you had to do do everything at night pretty much. I I think they may be having an ability to do more construction during the day because of where they are going. I assume we're it's going to be out of the way of everything. Okay, so you've got. Let's just reset it real quick. You've got, you know, Epcot getting minor changes, Animal Kingdom getting some pretty major changes. Right. Of course, DHS is where we're getting uh, Magic Kingdom, Fantasyland. You know, put them on the back burner. But but we're getting a lot of changes in DHS. So we've talked about the Toy Story Land. We're about to talk about uh, the Star Wars Land. So uh, third track, and on uh, the expansion of Toy Story Mania, what does midway track mean? Did you did you did you understand what he meant by that? What well, they- I, 
I I, th- I think the the plan is right now they're they're expanding. Uh, they're taking over that last studio or at the end of the row. So they're going to be three total tracks for Toy Story Midway Mania. And I think the plan is to have, I think it's like two fast pass tracks and one standby track. Um, is that's, that's the alleged plan that's on the internet. So, but that's something that I think Disney actually, the, the blog announced a couple, uh, it was around the same time that they announced the third Soren theater. So that's, yeah. that's not, that's not as much new news. Um, I, I think I think if you look at the concept art, um, it's tough to kind of get an idea where all this stuff is. But it looks like they actually may be having you enter from the back of where Toy Story Midway Mania is now. But we we never know when it's just concept art, so all that stuff could change. Okay. All right. Well, let's go with the big one, the the, the big the big the big splash that that a lot of a lot of us knew was coming. I mean, frankly, we 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 talked we've been talking about it for almost a year that Star Wars land was on the horizon, but we got the announcement last week and it made it official. And uh, Dutch, you obviously had heard rumors about this. Were you overwhelmed or underwhelmed with the concept art? Oh, that, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I, can I say it was whelmed? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't know. Well, the, cause the concept art didn't excite me just cause it, it looked, um, it's beautiful looking first of all. Um, and the pictures look great, but I don't know how that's going to translate into an actual land. So I don't know about that. I was more, um, I was overwhelmed when they started to talk about, about what the actual attractions would be and that they're basically planting a flag in this. Um, and, and just like looking at the whole thing globally, um, you know, Disney is basically promising us four new, th- like two new things. And in each of the two new things, uh, two lands, um, the two attractions. So we're, we're basically being promised four new attractions here. And so the, the concept art, which I, which does look beautiful. I'm more excited just that they've promised us uh, the rides they have. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I, 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 what did you think Rusty when you saw it? Yeah. I think it's me a little bit of time to adjust my, my thinking. Cause I was expecting it to be a, a world that we knew. And that there's, so I'm assuming this is a world that we're going to get in a future movie. Um, I'm not sure, but anyway, I, I thought it was great. I liked the it art. Is a, it is a world that has apparently been referenced in right. some Star Wars, uh, in some Star Wars mythology. Okay, but not in the main films. Right, and so, but and I understand why they're doing this. They've got to anyway. I, I get why they're doing it. I think it's going to look great. I, I'm excited about it. I do think it's going to be a long build out. I'm wondering if they'll even be, really begin until Avatar is finished because I, my guess is they're going to. Let Avatar be the test for what they're going to do next. I mean, they may do some building, but this is going to be a lot of detail. This is going to be high detailed. And for them to really to go so far beyond of what, we're, what we've seen at, with Diagon Alley and other places, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they do this. This is, And Star Wars fans are fanatics, and so the detail of this has to be even bigger than anything they've ever done. This isn't like Diagon Alley where no one... I don't know that anybody walked in there like the Star Wars fans are going to. I mean, that, that would be the closest, aside from Star Trek, I would think that'd yes. be about the closest thing I could think of. Right. I mean, the fans are going to notice everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm a Star Wars fan and a Harry Potter nerd, uh, nerd too, and us nerds are extremely demanding with our yes. minutia. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, 
I, I don't think, and I haven't, I haven't checked out Harry Potter Land yet, just because I, I have young kids and it doesn't make sense to uh, right. to buy the Universal passes yet. But uh, tr- trust me, like the Harry Potter fans are very exacting, just like Star Wars fans are. Uh, yes, exacting. Very. Exacting. And fourteen acres is a big piece of land. Huge. To huge. to have to do the detail they're going to have to do on this. Huge. And I'm assuming they're going to have some big pieces, but still, I mean. You know what they need? What I was thinking about today as I was running, I always have these wild thoughts. They, what, what I would love for them to do is put the secret details in. And what I mean by that is stuff that is not on the map that you have to discover for yourself. That's like like Harry Potter did, like with Nocturne Alley. I mean, there's no sign there that says Nocturne Alley this way. You just turn into this alley and then there's this dark place and there's a dark magic store and this huge skeleton and it's kind of creepy, but if you imagine in Star Wars land, if you go like down this corner and there's like a Mandalorian uh, bounty hunter training place or a, you know, Boba Fett's character meet and greet is not listed there. He's just there. I, that's the kind of stuff that, that I'm, I'm about to say tickles my fancy and I'm kind of freaked out by that. <laughs> that's a weird term. So I, it really excites me. So the, the specifics on it, you know, the, the art was cool, but when I saw the Millennium Falcon, yes. and it looks like you're going to be able to walk in the Millennium Falcon, oh when, I saw, when I saw that, I thought, okay, now, now, now it's legit. Yes. Now, it, it, business just picked up. Uh, the two attractions, uh, you know, as far as it being ready, I think it's, going to be ready sooner than later because I think they've learned maybe finally that they need to get their their attractions to match their movie releases a little better if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, they, they need to take advantage of this now and have their stuff out now I mean they've, they've traditionally been really good about getting their characters out obviously but that's been about it I mean it was it was years after Little Mermaid before we, we got a really strong Little Mermaid presence in the parks um, anyways, yada, yada, I, the two attractions, the millennium Falcon, which what, what is that? What does that sound like to you? What does it sound like? It's going to be. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's going to be a motion simulator of some sort. Maybe, um, that, that, that's what my guess, because it's, it, they talk about you being able to draw, uh, fly the millennium Falcon and control it. So I'm wondering if it's going to be a mixture of, uh, like a star, like a star tours, but have like a loading system and, uh, where everyone has a job like they do in like Mission Space. So like imagine that you just walk into the Millennium Falcon cockpit. You know, someone's in the Han spot, someone's in the Chewie spot, someone's in the Leia spot, <laughs> someone's in the C-3PO spot. Oh my goodness. Um huh. like th- that that just sounds fantastic and you'll be able to press buttons and all that and you know there's the little there's the yoke for the hyperspace thing. Like I I think that's the type of thing we're going to get there. Um and the idea of just being able to walk up the ramp on the Falcon. Oh my goodness. That that that's just something to be over the moon about. Well, and you know, one the uh, the having a uh, it sounds to me like maybe it could be something like some of all thrills, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. It'd be really cool. Um, See now, what I would love is it to be something in the vein of the Simpsons ride. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. Because you could have your thing, and then the big screen. I don't know. I, I mean, I think it would make an amazing. Um, ride if you could do something like that but I don't know how it's going to work out exactly 
Yeah, and, and they, they haven't given us the details, yeah. but I, I think you're onto something there because I know that growing up, I loved uh, before Simpsons was Simpsons, it was Back to the Future, right? And I loved the idea of hopping in the DeLorean because yes. I had watched I had watched the Back to the Future movies forever, and just the idea of being in the DeLorean was cool to me. Uh, in the same way that being well, not actually not in the same way, not nearly as cool as being as a Millennium Falcon <laughs> would be to me. So I could see that type of thing. I, I don't know if they would do it um, with the with the massive screen because I, I think at some level, some point. Um, you know, I'm a baseball fan too, so like pitch mix matters, and so right. you can only have so many giant IMAX screens um, right. before you have to like mix it up a little bit. Yeah, well, and, you, and you, have, you have to watch that, I guess. Universal has not watched that because they they have gotten stuck with that big screen technology. It's it's almost to the point where all the rides are awesome, but it almost gets to the point where you're like, okay, another screen ride. This is yeah. ridiculous. Um, but Disney hasn't jumped that shark yet. I mean, well, I mean. Disney also has the advantage that they've been around longer so that they have like different technologies, uh, you know, throughout time already mixed in there. Um, you know, but I don't have any problem with screens. You know, two of my favorite rides are Toy Story, Midway Mania, and Soren. So I'm perfectly cool with screens, but I do like variety. Yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to you going to Universal because I, yeah, I want to hear you talk about The Mummy. Because to me, we, you know, we talk about Avatar, and I, I kind of. Rusty and I both have kind of poo-pooed it in the past. But the idea that you have to like a mythology of a ride and to enjoy a ride, it kind of is, I kind of throw out my own argument when I rode The Mummy because that is an incredible ride. But I don't really care about Brendan Fraser in that movie at all. Um, but but it's, it may be my favorite ride at Universal. And yeah, I, I hear it's amazing. I, I hear it's one of the best rides, like right up there with Spider-Man and all of Orlando. So you know, like the, this stuff works, and it's just about execution. Um, and I and I do, and I think that was a big part of them, including like the Hogwarts Express. It was just that, and I know that has the screens on it, but there's just so much other stuff happening with the screens that it yeah. almost doesn't matter. Yeah. So the second attraction is going to coincide with what I'm guessing is a plot line from the first movie, and it's a it's a giant battle uh, kind of ride. What what are your what are you hearing? This is going to be like. Have you heard anything about the ride technology or anything about this second attraction? I've, from you know, from I know as much about anyone else, but there's speculation this can be a trackless, another uh, trackless uh, uh, ride vehicle, um, something in the vein maybe of like Ratatouille, like they have over in Disneyland Paris. Um, so it could have like a 3D element where you're on the ground. Because uh, everyone just assumes Star Wars space battles, but there's been a lot of ground stuff like land speeders sure. and snow speeders and all that stuff. So my, my guess is it's something like that where you're whizzing, uh, you're trying to get, uh, I don't know, get some plans somewhere or something. That's what it looked sure. like to me when I, when I was hearing it. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much of this, because I'm hearing things about this Rogue One movie where it's going to be about the, um, about the plan, you know, stealing the plans to the Death Star. And I wonder how much of that is going to be, because I've heard something that there might be some integration of that, and that Disney is really believing in that as a movie. So I, maybe that'll be interesting. Um, I, I think this has the potential to be a, um, to be a massive, um, a, like, a, like a massive ride or something that they can really hang their hat on. Is This is our, our big thing when you come to the studios, or on the left so side of the park. Think, you think this is the e-ticket ride? You do not think Millennium Falcon is? I, I'm, I'm terrible. I think the like the e-ticket, d-ticket, like like people will argue it. I know about. I don't know. I, I think this has the chance to be the ride that will really wow people. I, I think the okay. Millennium Falcon will be some people go on and love and be excited about. Um, but I think the other one might be the quote unquote better ride from a technological standpoint. That'd be my guess. 
Okay. So I think Hi. I think it's gonna be the family ride, and I think that's what what I thought Universal flubbed big with um, with Diagon Alley is there's nothing for kids. I mean, I don't know how old you'd. Have, I can't remember what the hot limit is, but I thought I can't. You can't carry your kids there because there's nothing for them to do. They can ride the train outside of it, but they couldn't be a part of Diagon Alley besides going and buying a a, a robe. Or doing well, the, wand. the wand. The wand experience is really, you know, something that cost right. me eighty dollars. It was exciting. Yes, so, but I think with them doing this, if it's like the Ratatouille, then you're going to have a a family friendly ride that everybody can do, and so everybody can go and enjoy the park. And it's going to bring more people in there because now it's not like you know. I, I would agree with that. There's no need for you to take a three, your kids to to, to uh, Diagon Alley because all they can do is shop. <laughs> That's it. Well, and, and and I think that was something that was really sneaky about the studios before was that if you if you had um, I have some my my kids are five three and one and the five year old and the three year old are Brady cats so stuff like um, you know I couldn't take them on Tower of Terror they were too small for Rock and Roller Coaster and even something like a uh, great movie ride has an alien that jumps out at right. you and yes. explosions <laughs> and all that stuff and that's not Thank good for kids that's right. not good for kids um, so yes. it was basically Toy Story Midway Mania. Disney Junior live on stage and the Frozen thing, maybe? Yep. Um, not maybe, but definitely. But there wasn't a lot to do there for kids. And this is between, and we didn't talk about the Slinky Dog Coaster, but the Slinky Dog Coaster looks like, looks like it could be fun in the same way that Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is. Um, you have this family ride, maybe with this, uh, the non-Falcon one. Um, the Falcon one might, I, I don't know, like, it, it just seems like there's going to be a lot more for families to enjoy at the studios. Yeah, and that's huge. And it, that's you know, to me, my boys, I thought for sure that DHS would be their favorite park. They, if they're given a choice, they would choose to go to Epcot twice over DHS. And that, that shocks me because in my mind, you know, you got the Muppets and Star Wars there. And I just think it's a layup. But my boys are just not interested in a lot of that stuff, except for, you know, Jedi training. They would never miss that. But, okay, so that's a perfect lead into this big question. Once all these improvements are done, Okay, whatever year this is, 2000, you know, 48, whatever. Once all this stuff is done, does where does DHS rank as far as family-friendly park and a park that you would choose to go to of the four? If you had to rank them, once these are all done, without knowing, you know, anything other than what you heard this past week, what would you say? So I'm ranking the four parks now in order I You're think they'll be? Does DHS overtake Epcot or Animal Kingdom or Magic Kingdom in a top four of the parks there? Mm. Uh, I'd guess no, because like, and it's more just uh, I don't think that um, I don't think that it's not going to be a lot better for families. But I think the other three are just so awesome for families, and uh, you know, Magic Kingdom is uh, you know I think number one with a shot. But p- kids love animals, and that's just a special park with like amazing things and shows and everything. And that's just like kids love my kids love Animal Kingdom. Um, and then after that, I, I think that, like the addition of Frozen and switching over Akershus to a um, with the changes that are coming there in this Frozen meet and greet, if it's anything like Enchanted Tales with Belle, um, I think Epcot becomes extremely family friendly very quickly. Um, but I think this one, instead of being one that I only do like a half day with my kids, 
I think this is one that I would be able to make a full day, have a lot of stuff for them to do. That's just not me getting on my favorite stuff and being yeah. so not, not, not daddy selfish day. <laughs> so what happens to, I, I think in my mind that this to us probably moves above animal kingdom, but that's just my family. Um, we just got a dog. So, I mean, we're, we're not <laughs> our first dog. And I, I think that it probably ranks, you know, still behind Magic Kingdom for us, but it might overtake Epcot. I don't know. We, we'll have to see. What happens to Fantasmic? Have you heard anything, either of you guys? I've not heard, heard anything. anything. I, I haven't heard anything, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was. Um, I, I think there are going to be a lot of smaller changes coming, you know, like a Beauty and the Beast swap out and a Fantasmic one down the line. But you know, they, they got a lot of other stuff happening. They got this Rivers of Light happening. Right. Uh, this rumor to like Illuminations. So, and they have to all time this stuff because, you know, yeah. ultimately they're trying to get us down there to go on vacation every year, every nine months. And so they need to stagger this so they get everybody, right. um, whatever our, our appetite. So I, I didn't hear anything with Fantasmic. I, I think it, I think it really needs, um, a little bit of a punch up. Yeah. It, it, all they need to do is just take the Disneyland one and move it back down here and it would be perfect for me, but that's just me. I, that's one of our favorite things. It's fantastic. I don't want to see it go away. Of all the stuff that is rumored to go away, what do you think people are mourning over most Muppets or Indiana Jones? Oh God. I'm, people are going to miss Muppets. Yeah. That's my, that's my bet. Okay. It, it, if it goes, I, I'm hearing it. I, I, I've, I've heard, from you know sources we all hear it's not like i have like independent sources but podcasts i'm listening to it sounds like muppets is safe for the time being uh because okay. of the show that's coming out so um indian jones i think has a shorter shelf life but for the time being muppets sounds kind of safe okay that was the only thing we really missed out on because at, at our the guy one of a guy that i talked to you you know a few a while back ago told me that that this was coming told me that pixar was going to be a big area Star Wars was going to be a big, big area, and Indiana Jones was going to have a big area. So two out of three ain't bad. I mean, he was he was right about two of the three things. So apparently, we were wrong about the Indiana Jones area getting an expansion. Of course, it could it, it could happen. We just we just don't. Uh, do you think this is enough to appease the fans who have been complaining about Harry Potter, Harry Potter this, Harry Potter that, and Disney's not doing enough? Yes or no? For now. Did, did that make sense? Did that question make any sense whatsoever? I think it's going to appease everybody for now, but, I mean, we're always going to complain because, you know, that's just the nature of the fan. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with it, but I wasn't, like, greatly dissatisfied before. You know, the, the if you listen to Universal fans, you know, they would think that Universal was destroying Disney and everything. You know, last I checked, if the TEA reports are believed, and I think we can believe them to a certain extent, you know, Magic Kingdom does more business than Universal Studios and uh, Islands Adventure put together, right? Um, yeah. You know, Disney has 30,000 hotel rooms on property, and Universal only has five. Uh, you know, th these businesses are just of, um, they're, they're in the same industry, but the scope and scale are different. Um, you know, and I think Universal has done a, like wonderful work. I think the Harry Potter stuff is amazing, and I'm looking from looking forward to my kids aging up into it. Um, and I think their technology is wonderful, and I think they're just doing wonderful things. Uh, but just because a team has 150 passing yards in the fourth quarter doesn't mean that they're winning the game. Uh, uh, yes, in, in fact, in fact, in fact, just the opposite sometimes. Um, so I, I think that I think that analogy holds here. Um, it's exciting. I, I hope people are excited about this and are excited about what it is. 
Um, and I think sometimes we get, a, the, you know, Toy Story Land comes out, and it looks like, I think it looks great. I think it looks really great, and I'm excited about it. But it's not Cars Land, and we kind of were excited about Cars Land. So I, I don't know, I'm of the mind that we should be happy. Um, we should be happy about what's announced and look forward to what's in the future. Yeah, that's right. You just your analogy of the passing yard just threw me off. I was thinking about <laughs> Billy Volek and all those yards he got for the Titans and not many wins. Hey, as as long as the Avatar Land rides aren't like ET at Universal, then <laughs> then we're good. It, it's magic. It doesn't doesn't matter. Have, you you haven't ridden that yet, but that may be the worst. Oh oh, I've I've, I've I was I was there back in the nineties and it was still there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the only original attraction that's there still. Uh, yeah, I um because I, I did go to Universal back in the uh, couple uh, I think two or three times back in the nineties, but yeah. uh, E.T. is and people compare it to Peter Pan, but uh uh-uh, uh no way. <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry. Like Peter Pan is a far superior tra- superior attraction, and I, I would take that every day of the week, other than. The um, it looks like something to be in the movie Dazed and Confused. So, oh, it was, uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, we've we've really had a good time talking to you, Dutch. It's been a real pleasure to have you over, and we've talked about having you uh, come over several times. You, you guys do really witty stuff. Really, uh, really, you ask a lot of questions that I think about, but sometimes I'm not smart enough to audibly communicate. Uh, just great stuff, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. Oh, I love it. It was great. Uh, really fun talk. I, I enjoyed talking with you guys, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we're we're all excited and having fun with this, and we can you know catch oh, up down the road too. Yeah, yeah. I, I we it's uh, good to hear a positive spin on a lot of this expansion. I, I sometimes I hear I just feel like there's not enough positivity about it, and it was good to hear your, your positivity tonight. That sounded great. And so, I mean, this is all beneficial to families. Families are going to get to enjoy this stuff, and. And uh, it should be good. Rusty, any closing thoughts, any words? No, I think it's all going to be great. And I think, you know, even I was thinking when we're talking about Avatar, I think the great thing about it is it's just going to be icing on a cake in Animal Kingdom. I, I think we're all just going to be glad to have something else there. And, and I'm like you. I'm looking for all of it. I'm looking forward to every bit of it coming in and uh, getting down there and experiencing it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We 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 will be leaving for Disneyland in about six days, and I I'm starting to get the the Disney fever. I'm, I've got the the three trips that we always take here coming up right back to back to back, and so uh, I'm starting to get the fever. I'm starting to get Polynesian envy. Is what I get. It's, uh, <laughs> we'll be there in a little while, and uh, but we'll be out in Disneyland first. So, uh, you guys, any parting shots? I no, I, I don't. I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited. Good time to be a fan. Good time to be a fan. It is a good time. It's a great time to be alive, to quote the great theologian Tim McGraw. So, uh, all right, Rusty Pettis, take us out. Hey, thank you for listening today. And you can always email us at podcast at wdwforfamilies.com or see us on Facebook or Twitter. All right. Well, you're never too old to wish upon a star. Thank you for downloading today's show. Be sure to visit our website, www.families.com. If you have a comment, question, or need help planning your trip to Disney, call us at 877-WDW4FAM or email us at podcast at www.families.com. Thank you.